This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The last couple of years have obviously seen a surge around cryptocurrency, primarily Bitcoin, but interest in these markets and these different elements is soaring at their highest levels ever. But the question of regulation for this market is becoming a more prevalent one. And the question being asked is, would a higher level of regulation slow down the interest in crypto? Brian Feinstein is an assistant professor of legal studies and business ethics at the Wharton School. He and Kevin Werbach recently authored an opinion piece on the subject for the New York Times, and Brian joins us to go over his thoughts. Brian, uh, thank you for joining us. Greatly appreciate your time today. Oh, great to be here. Thank you. So I mentioned the surge in the interest has been just phenomenal. And so with that being the case, you would assume that the interest by governments and regulators will be continuing to increase as well, correct? That's right. Uh, just last week, uh, with the confirmation of a new SEC chair who really has his eye on cryptocurrencies, I think we can expect uh, the, the uh, imposition of securities law and securities law framework onto cryptocurrencies in the U.S., new investor protection measures. Uh, inter- internationally, uh, many countries are going even further. Uh, Turkey is uh, in the process of implementing a ban on cryptocurrency transactions. So uh, really across the globe, you see, as you mentioned, increased regulatory interest. Uh, following increased investor interest. So take us through the the, uh, the article that you and Kevin did and, and really your theories around this area right now. Sure. So um, with all of this interest among regulators, um, uh, crypto proponents, uh, that new regulation uh, is going to spook market participants. It'll drive down, they say, uh, the price of cryptocurrencies uh, and drive all of that trading activity uh, offshore. So if one uh, jurisdiction, if one country decides to regulate cryptocurrencies, well, because they can be traded all over the globe, um, crypto proponents say, um, uh, it'll just go offshore to some other jurisdiction. And, and that other country will uh, reap the benefits of the trading uh, while the risks uh, are still um, uh, imposed on a global level. Uh, so we put that to the test, uh, and we examine uh, when a country enacts a cryptocurrency regulation, uh, first, do we see price declines? Uh, and the answer there is uh, almost always not. Uh, when countries enact anti-money laundering measures, we do see price declines, and that's kind of obvious to the extent that uh, people using cryptocurrencies for illicit reasons are are, are trading them. Uh, those anti-money laundering measures uh, reduce the coin's value. But across all the other categories of regulation, think tax treatment, securities law treatment, cybersecurity, and, and fraud, anti-fraud measures, uh, none of that affects price. Uh, and moreover, none of it affects trading volume. So when a country imposes a new restriction, we don't see crypto traders uh, fleeing that jurisdiction uh, for more permissive countries. So what is it, do you think, that that has the people in the crypto sector so positive that any conversation around this would not spook them at all? Well, uh, there could be uh, uh, two different conversations in the community. Uh, so one are, um, I guess you can call them a group of bad actors, uh, people who are interested in using cryptocurrencies for um, money laundering and other sorts of measures. Those folks would be spooked. But then there's another group of investors that's getting more and more prominent, uh, legitimate investors, um, whether it's uh, everything from day traders to major investment firms that are now investing in cryptocurrencies. Uh, and I think those uh, groups of investors are more comfortable uh, with the asset class as it becomes more regular and, and drives out some of those bad actors uh, through the imposition 
uh, of, uh, of new regulation. Um, so you can have those kind of cross currents, um, bad guys rushing out, good guys or neutral guys uh, rushing in. Uh, and uh, the effect is uh, we don't see uh, any decreases in volume or, or and, and few decreases in price uh, with regulation. Brian uh, Feinstein, who is Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School, joining us right now. So the expectation is that, you know, we will see countries and, and regula- uh, regulators bring these uh, issues up in, in the future. I guess the question is, how do you believe that they should act with all of this data kind of developing in the landscape right now? Well, uh, as a first cut, uh, they shouldn't worry that their actions are going to uh, drive offshoring. Uh, We don't see that across uh, many different subject matters of regulations. Uh, We run like hundreds of different uh, quantitative models. We see no effects. So that shouldn't be a concern of theirs. Uh, I think what they should uh, uh, be be focused on is uh, what set of uh, regulations is going to increase investor trust uh, in um, in their jurisdiction. So we just saw Coinbase, uh, Coinbase Global, that's a a U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchange, uh, went public last week at at a pretty high valuation. Um, And I think that valuation is possible in part because they operate in the U.S., so investors uh, are confident um, that, uh, that their trades on Coinbase are subject to U.S. cryptocurrency regulation, which tends to be quite strong. Uh, anti-fraud measures, um, uh, cybersecurity measures, uh, investors can be uh, assured that um, trades on a U.S.-based exchange are, are more secure and more safe uh, than on some other jurisdictions' exchanges. So um, if uh, regulators go, going forward focus on those sorts of measures that are likely to increase investor confidence, they can reap some of the awards and some of the positive spillovers uh, with having uh, a business like Coinbase Global uh, uh, on their shores. Yeah, I, that that I think is to a degree a, a bit of the X factor right now with this, in the fact that Coinbase obviously now you know trading on uh, on the U.S. exchanges, uh, and, and you talk about this level of trust, uh, which I, I think, as you mentioned before, there is a concern around it. That's kind of was the story around cryptocurrency. You know, uh, bad actors could get involved. You don't know what was going to happen. But when you have an entity like Coinbase, it does certainly, I think, take us more towards that level of trust around cryptocurrency, does it not? That's exactly right. And that's a lot of credit, obviously, goes to uh, Coinbase's executives. But the fact that they're operating in the U.S., and maybe you can say the fact that they chose to operate in the U.S., uh, some credit goes to U.S. regulators, too, in setting up a structure that can facilitate trust. So then you have, I guess, kind of another dynamic here with what we saw go on in China uh, and the fact that they banned cryptocurrency exchanges. And, and even with that move, you, you still don't see a, a, you know, a, a, a significant negative reaction around crypto in general, correct? That's right. On a global level, you don't. Um, and uh, that's because, well, obviously, trading leaves China once they ban it. Um, but global volume and global price don't change. A big part of that is, uh, although China banned cryptocurrency, it's easy. It's relatively easy for people in China to get around that ban uh, by using uh, VPNs and other kind of spoofing uh, techniques. Um, so uh, even that didn't have much of an effect on a global level on volume or price. 
Brian Feinstein, Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School. What is then your expectation moving forward on, on how the regulatory side will kind of intertwine with cryptocurrency moving forward? I think we're going to see a divergence. Uh, so the U.S. seems uh, moving forward towards uh, creating smart regulations that build trust, so focused on cybersecurity, anti-fraud, uh, other investor protections measure, measures, as you see with traditional uh, securities. Uh, another group of countries uh, led by, as you mentioned, uh, China, and I might put Turkey in that group as well, uh, is um, sees cryptocurrency as a strategic threat. Uh, and uh, they plan on developing, in China's case, they are developing, their own uh, cryptocurrency, a government-backed uh, central bank uh, crypto coin. Um, there's advantages uh, there, especially uh, to, to a country that's um, authoritarian. Uh, you can uh, really see at a granular level what people are purchasing if they're using uh, a currency that's on the blockchain and controlled by the central government. So I think you'll see uh, a real divergence uh, with Western countries moving towards a more traditional securities regulation uh, other authoritarian countries uh, um, banning private cryptocurrencies to try to create their own uh, surveilled uh, central bank cryptocurrency. A, a lot of this discussion, I, I guess, has been occurring at the federal level, but you also note that uh, there's an element at the state level uh, where things like the you know the uh, recent New York Attorney General's office investigation into Tether uh, that that they are very watchful of this area as well. That's right. Uh, the New York Attorney General, also the New York Department of Financial Services, uh, New York state regulators are, are really taking the lead uh, here. And I think that's because they recognize uh, the benefits of uh, trust-promoting regulation. You know, 200 years ago, traders met under a tree on Wall Street uh, and traded stock certificates. And, and around that, uh, you have had massive spillovers where New York is now uh, one of the world's financial centers. Um, uh, that, that, that's because exchanges were located there, so other related businesses came in. Um, so I think New York is a special case, and they recognize uh, how um, uh, having regulations that uh, facilitate uh, cryptocurrency uh, trading and, and, and encourage uh, exchanges to locate in New York State uh, can have uh, real uh, um, spillover effects, uh, positive spillovers for the New York State economy. Then this building and burgeoning relationship between crypto and, and government – uh, from an ethical standpoint, it, it becomes that much more prudent for the companies, for the entities around the crypto space, Coinbase and the, and the other cryptos themselves, really to focus on the fundamentals of what can make them successful in order to continue to have that, that potentially uh, successful relationship moving forward. That's right. And uh, in the past, exchanges that didn't do that, I'm thinking about Mt. Gox, which was an exchange about eight years yeah. ago in Japan, yeah. uh, didn't focus on the fundamentals, had poor cybersecurity, uh, allowed um, uh, terrorist financiers and other bad actors to use the platform. Uh, eventually, they were hacked into. Their lack of cybersecurity measures and their permissive attitudes uh, uh, resulted in a hack where billions of dollars of coins uh, were stolen. Um, and uh, investors, uh, quite understandably, fleed Mt. Gox uh, for more secure uh, exchanges that were focused on the fundamentals in jurisdictions like the U.S. Uh, that are focused on the fundamentals. Brian, thanks very much for your time. Greatly appreciate your insight. We wish you all the best. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And by the way, if you would like to read the opinion piece uh, that he and Kevin Werbach put together, uh, it was in the New York Times back on April the 14th. It is titled, 
don't fear cryptocurrencies, manage them. And uh, it is, uh, as we said, opinion piece that appeared in the New York Times just recently. So we thank uh, Brian Feinstein, Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School for his time. And we invite you to take a look at that. And we will continue to take deeper dives into the world of cryptocurrency in the weeks and months ahead. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.